All right, because three is a crowd, I'm here today in the bunker once again. It is River Expedition Sign on the Window special. We're coming to you. We just did Shenandoah two weeks ago. We're coming at you hot today. This is a Bob Dylan podcast, and I'm here today once again, as always, with Kelly. How's it going, Kelly? It's so so good. I don't. I'm a little confused what Bill has to do with River, but hopefully. I mean, there's... All right. Hopefully you listen to the song. The very first line kind of... But we're getting ahead of ourselves. Yes. Who is Bill? I don't even know. That uh, This is a Bob Dylan podcast. We randomly select a Bob Dylan song, and then we sit with it. We, we think about it. We listen to it. We make playlists around it, and then we come back at the end of the week and we talk about it. This thing that we're doing now is very contrived. It has nothing to do with our random picks. We are currently on a lazy river to summer... What is it? The Lazy River? Oh, something in the summer. Damn it. Whoa. Oh, no. I knew we were going to forget. Yeah. yeah. The Lazy River. Is it not slide into summer? I mean, that it sounds. We're, we're on the Lazy River sliding into summer. And we are currently, we, we just came from the Missouri River uh, across the wide Missouri in Shenandoah. And now we're on a nondescript river uh, with a certain song that we're going to be talking about today. I have been listening to Bob Dylan for most of my life. Kelly has heard roughly the same number of songs. As the average mile per hour speed limit on American highways. Ooh, is and it 60? Is it 55? It's 55. And <laughs> this week, we are talking about Tell Old Bill. Off of no album. It's actually off of uh, 2008's Telltale Signs, the Bootleg Series, Volume 8. The river whispers in my ear I've hardly a penny to my name Heavens never seem so near And all my body glows with flame The tempest struggles in the air Unto myself alone I sing It could sink me then and there I can hear the echoes How was your week with this song? Well, listen to two songs. I guess I guess I should preface a little bit. So my default version of this song <laughs> is the Telltale Signs version. I had never heard the version that was on the North Country soundtrack. I knew this was for North Country, but I assumed that this was the version, despite Spotify telling me this is the alternate version. <laughs> it meant nothing to me. So when I heard that, uh, I was a little bit you know, unwound. We're going to get into it. We did actually listen to all, you know, the recording session that he did. Uh, so we'll talk about that in a moment. But how was your experience with, I guess, both songs, but mostly the Telltale Signs version? It's really good. Um, I mean, it's definitely figuring out there was a second one partway through the week was unfortunate because this version, the alternate version, quote unquote alternate, yeah, uh, is so much better. Not that the other one's bad. It's just like, anyway, this is a really good piece of music that happened later in his career, pretty recently. 2005, yeah. 2005. Uh, that, it's just really, I mean, especially with the full ensemble mm. and like, it's dark and lyrically, it's really cool. And it is cool. I like it. I like yeah. it a lot. Cool. We're definitely going to get into it a lot today, so so stay tuned. A little bit of context to, to build the, the scene for you. This was recorded in a day, June 17th, 2005. 14 takes. Now, 
we've had the pleasure, and this is one of the rare instances with Bob Dylan that we actually got to listen to it. Um, so there is a YouTube um, stream of it that you can that you can get. You can also download it if you're lucky enough to find it. Um, I will be linking out on SOTW Pod or on our Twitter and Instagram and stuff like that. Um, links to it and all that so you can go and listen for yourself and I highly recommend doing it even if you're a casual Bob Dylan fan it's really fun to listen to the banter Uh, it's fun to listen to how they construct a song and I thought it was going to be really boring but it ended up being incredibly rewarding which I was not expecting this was a weird period for Bob Dylan he was after Love and Theft which is our very first song of this podcast we listened to Honest With Me Uh, I don't think we've listened to anything since then Mm. It um, He kind of took a little bit of a break, went on the never-ending tour again, started touring a lot. Then he started writing songs for, for soundtracks. So he wrote a song called Cross the Green Mountains, which is also on the Bootleg Series Volume 8. He also wrote Things Have Changed, which I have a feeling we're going to listen to very soon for the Wonder Boys soundtrack. And then this one was for a movie called North Country, which had, – had you heard of that movie? No. No. I had heard of it, but uh, we'll get into that in a minute. I confused it. Immediately with No Country for Old Men. Yeah. And then also there's the girl from the North Country angle, which... Yeah. Lots of North Country stuff with Bob. <laughs> Lots of North Country, which makes sense why they would go to him. So this is from Michael Gray in the Bob Dylan Encyclopedia. Quote, in September of 2005, it was reported that an outtake from the self-portrait sessions, Dylan's recording of the, of the traditional song, Tell Old Bill, that had never been circulated among collectors, was lined up for an imminent release on the soundtrack album for the film North Country. By October of 2005, this had been contradicted, and we were told that Dylan had recorded the song anew for the film, and that the backing musicians that included Elena Friedman, Fremerman, fiddle player for the group Hot Club of Cowtown. And Elena Fremerman is interesting because, also according to Michael Gray, um, she is the shortest-serving member of the NeverEnding Tour Band. Hmm. She actually played on the summer tour with Willie Nelson in 2004, the co-headlining tour that they had. And then she um, she was invited onto the tour with Bob Dylan and played from March 7th to April 22nd, 2005. But it wasn't every day. So it was kind of it, it interspersed in between there. But So she is, she's only been on there for basically a month and a half. Hmm. So good job, Elena. <laughs> to continue on with the quote from before. And then it transpired that this recording was not only new, but of a new song. That Dylan had taken the title Tell Old Bill, but had written a song entirely different in melody and words from the traditional song. A novelty in itself in the age of love and theft. So taking the idea of love and theft before, Bob Dylan taking the song title from something else and making it completely his own. There's almost no allusions in the song to anything except for a few Shakespeare notes and uh, an Edgar Allan Poe note. But for the most part, it's very like cerebral and very intimate and very earthy there's so many natural elements to this which i think planet waves was what i was reminded of Hmm. you know where we talked a lot about minnesota being yeah yeah, and every song would have like you would have a dirge and then after that it would be like this you know elegy to how beautiful minnesota was and being on the cliffs and being out in the wilderness and yeah it it reminded me a lot of that but a lot bleaker obviously because bob is now an old man and the bleak trees and the Thunder cracked, all that stuff, mm. which is really, really great. So Tell Old Bill itself, I mean, what Michael Gray is alluding to is that this was a traditional song. Uh, we, we have it on our playlist as well, twice over. So if you have not heard Tell Old Bill, it's actually a really great song. And it's one of those kind of classics in blues, the blues tradition. So it's been around forever. Uh, first collected by Carl Sandburg in the 1920s. It basically centers around Bill. 
Bill is can't do anything because Bill is dead. Um, so tell old Bill when he comes home to leave them downtown gals alone this morning, this evening, so soon. Tell Bill's wife, who's baking bread, that he's not coming home because he's dead. Um, so, yeah, it's basically a story about somebody who goes off and dies and sort of uh, seeing his wife and sort of – depending on who's singing it because Van Ronk's version is different than Eric Bibb's version who we listen to on our playlist. You can tell the story in a myriad of different ways, but that's sort of it. He did actually record this for self-portrait in 1970, but that is the so far – The folk version, but hmm. we have not heard it um, as to date. So maybe it just was played but never really recorded or it wasn't good or they could have destroyed it. Who really knows? That'll be on bootleg volume 306. <laughs> 306. Tell old Bill when he come home this morning. Tell old Bill when he come home this evening. Tell old Bill when he come home, you better leave them downtown girls alone this morning, this evening so soon. Beyond Tell Old Bill, um, Clint Highland sees the Carter family song, I Never Loved But One, as an inspiration. And then Bob Dylan in 2004 said, quote, well, you have to understand that I'm not a melodist. My songs are either based on old Protestant hymns or Carter family songs or variations of the blues form. <laughs> so there you go, a little bit like that. And then b- very briefly, this, the movie North Country. So you had never heard of this. No. Uh, it was based on a book, Class Action, The Story of Lois Jensen and the Landmark Case that Changed Sexual Harassment Law by Clara Bingham and Laura Leedy Gansler. Uh, it stars... Charlize Theron, right? Right. That's, uh, yes. Oh, no. Okay. And now also, I yeah, I definitely didn't see it. You, in, we looked at the poster. It's like maybe right, the poster right. evoked something. It did for me a little bit. Uh, Frances McDermott as well. She was. They were both actually nominated for an Oscar. Uh, leading actress for Theron and um, supporting actress for Frances McDormand, who actually won lead for, actor. Uh, three billboards. For right. three billboards this year. Uh, that year, Reese Witherspoon won best actress for Walk the Line. Uh-huh. And Rachel Wise won it for uh, the supporting actress for The Constant Gardener. Two movies that I love. Uh, Woody Harrelson was in this movie. He played a character called Bill White. Oh, shit. Wah, wah, wah. <laughs> the <laughs> connections. Sean Bean was in this movie. Jer- Jeremy Renner. Did he die? Uh, probably. <laughs> Jeremy Renner is the sexual assaulter in this movie. Uh, Richard Jenkins <laughs> from Six Feet, Six Feet Under. Oh, yeah, yeah. Uh, is it as well? The dad? Yep. Yeah. So he is her dad. And they have kind of like a weird relationship, and then it kind of comes together. He's again. everyone's dad. He's everyone's dad. Uh, and it was actually shot in and around Minnesota. Uh, and I added it to our list of definite movies that we're going to end up watching. So that will happen at some point. Um, according to um, Michael Gray again, quote, This film is a real-life based story of one woman's struggle in the 1980s against discrimination by by Evilith Mines of Minnesota. That opened in 1965 and is based in Evilith, a very small town less than 20 miles of that other Taconite town, Hibbing. So, there's the connection. I'm not hearing Stu's part. Yeah, Stu, can, yeah, can you turn up Stu's guitar in his headphones so he can hear the... Yeah. 
So Kelly, we also listened to the Tell Old Bill Sessions. So that's the context, but I think to further the context, it's important that we talk about this. So I want to play some of this. If you're if you're not um, you know, going to go listen to this on YouTube or whatever, you're going to get a little taste of it here. And I, I, I think it's actually really instructive, and I think it makes the song better in my opinion. But what what were your thoughts about about the, the whole sessions itself that we listened to? It was about an hour long. I really enjoyed listening to it because it gave me such insight into not Bob Dylan's uh, recording process specifically, but just how people, how talented musicians can just turn it on. Like there's even Bob with the singing. So was he playing piano on this? Mm -hmm. Okay. That's what I kind of assumed because I would hear the piano when he was trying to make a point or trying to illustrate something. I would hear the piano. I was like, he must be. It's also the the start of Bob as pretty much a piano centric um, versus guitar. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Um, yeah, he, he could be talking and, and saying, like, hey, I, I want to do this. He kept using the word turnaround, which I had never heard before. Yeah. Um, but just by context, I kind of gleaned that it was – what he meant was the way the music changes towards the end of a, a line of lyrics, like a, a lyric. Because right. the, it would change. Like, so they'd be they'd going along steady, and then it would go to the next line of lyrics, and there would be a fun, like, fill towards the end. Mm-hmm. And that's what I think he meant by turnaround. And that could be a commonplace phrase in music, but I've never – heard that me too so that was fun that he, he kept, kept saying, saying it I yeah know. but maybe we don't know it turn around wait maybe we want to change this like got it. Okay. and we'll put a turnaround in all the time okay like a verse yeah but maybe That's we should great. stop it maybe we should stop the turnaround like and then stop it What's the turnaround? I don't Let's stop it. Let's do that. For the turnaround. Here's the turnaround, right? One, two, three, four. Also, yeah, his voice was extra country fried, which I had never heard before. It's that was so good. So- Weird little it's flag. kind of an, it's it's Bob Dylan unadorned. It's not the theme time Bob Dylan. It's not performer Bob. It is just Bob trying to like sort this shit out. Like I only have so much time that I can devote to this stupid song. <laughs> we need to figure this out, Stu. Okay. Are we stopping on Here we try. Here we go. We got about two takes left. <laughs> two takes left in me. Okay. Yeah. Get your guitar and let's go. Yeah. Like, so I loved it. Yeah. yeah he was like, stay away. That's pretty great. <laughs> and then they stopped. And then it was a good minute of just noodling on the bass and just Stu, like man. sitting around like, Stu here yet? And Stu comes in. It's like, hey, Stu, you want to play a slide guitar? No, no, no. Play a different guitar, Stu. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Like you're not going to, you just play whatever I want you to play right now. <laughs> That's right. Get that slide guitar. Maybe we, maybe we should have a guitar in here. Yeah, maybe yeah. Stu. Hey, Stu. you play too we're changing the key though you want to slide play slide guitar you want to play a different guitar play another guitar you got to sl- 
so I was blown away by how absolutely talented they were and what talented musicians can do. Like when he says, I want to do the turnaround different, they know what he means. Mm-hmm. And part of it is like might be because they've worked with him for a long time. Yeah, this, but, is, a, this is a solid core of a band. Okay, well, so that, that could be mm-hmm. it. That's why they picked up on it so quickly. But another bigger piece of it is because they're really talented and they mm-hmm. know what it means. Like we want to do this, but in a minor key. Well, we want to do this, but we want to change it a little bit. So turnaround. that was – Especially, uh, I forgot her name already. The woman that yeah, was playing the fiddle. Yeah, Elena. Yeah, it was fun to hear her pipe in and be like, I can't hear myself. I can't hear myself at all. I don't know. Like, uh, so she but she definitely took a back seat she to did. a lot of it. But which with, makes a lot of sense, though, because there's, so there's so many great observers of Bob Dylan over the years. And I think she, later on down the line, will be one of those great observers because this is actually – documented proof like you can actually point to the moments where things were happening unlike other recordings mm-hmm. so she'll she'll be we'll hear from her again but well even her like she doesn't have that experience of playing with him and was mm-hmm. still able to like so i'll just kind of do this part and to be able to follow along with yes. musicians you have to have a level of skill that i yes. definitely don't have and for a singer specifically like taking aside the fact that he's playing the piano at the same time which is mind-boggling to me because being able to do two things oh my god especially drum and sing at the same time you people that can do that you're like on you're a different species that you can drum and sing at the same time no i can't even drum what the hell (laughs) can't sing either so So, you can sing better than me so uh for bob dylan to be talking to explaining what he's saying and then just turn it on immediately start singing like there's no break it's not like he doesn't have to get ready uh you know when we did our mixed up confusion about slater kinney corn tucker to go from zero to a million yeah. without changing an expression, without breaking a sweat, without like stealing yourself to do it. Bob had the same way. I mean, his voice is not that, but it's still like to go from being like, maybe we should do a different, nah, 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 like within the same mm-hmm. sentence. It was like, ah, oh, man, I, I would have to get ready every time. It had, there'd have to be a ramp up. There'd have to be like a, some little bit of ceremony to like, okay, now so we're doing it. Jive to him. He's like, I just, we got to get done with this. And it's so cool. It was so, yeah. I loved being able to do it. So uh, if there's ever another, uh, I know you, there's the cutting edge, you said, right? Yeah. There's a lot of different takes of things. Yes. Anytime we have the opportunity to do it. Well, um, we did it for uh, Fourth Time Around. That was a good, good mm-hmm. one where we got to listen to the the um, evolution of that song. Yeah, there's – you know, we could have listened to every song from Highway 61. That's on the cutting edge as well. Okay. So to hear all those differences. But when we get those songs individually, oh, yeah. I would we'll, love to. We'll be listening yeah. to that. Yeah, yeah. absolutely. It's so this cool. one's unique because it's kind of a – it isn't – it is a song that's sitting off to the side and is also a movie soundtrack song. Yeah, this is a weird one. But otherwise for albums, yeah, there's plenty of – yeah, we're going to get lots of this. And we've had a lot of really great instances of songs where we've gotten alternate takes and lots of takes and not just live takes. But this is a this is kind of a rarity, especially for older Bob Dylan. There's This is probably the oldest Bob Dylan we have of like a straight-on studio. Yeah, so there's 13 takes. I mean I, I, I sort of like – I, I try to keep up with how people are are judging the takes because there's so many weird false starts. Mm. So I, I did my best. So when we started, I felt the very first take uh, sounded like a Carter family song. It was more like sort of countryfied almost. Uh, and sort of it kind of went full circle for me with the song where it started out in a certain way. We went to this really minor place and it was great. And then we f- ended up in kind of the same place. So I, f- I felt like that was what was happening there. So that was my first take. The second take, I could see Modern Times creeping in. So this is something that we will actually listen to our first Modern Times song next week uh, as part of our Lazy River into Summer Month. <laughs> Cele- well, more than a month. Celebration. 
uh, Spirit on the Water. So we're going to be getting some more of this. But you can start to feel the way that he's like intonating the way, the way that his guitar, his piano is going. Is that the one that was like about 11 minutes in where it was a lot – it was like more of a stompy honky-tonk kind of – yep. Yeah, okay. I noted specifically with the way that he was saying the words was very staccato. Just like, from white to green to brown to black. It was yes. like – yeah, well, that verse is unique to to that version. So, mm-hmm. but yeah, that version to me was like, okay, I we're getting to modern times. Like he's starting to develop the sound in between love and theft and modern times. Like we're right there, two thousand five. He's about to go and record that. Mm-hmm. Two thousand six is when that album comes out. So he's about to turn that around. He's already developing that noise, which is really interesting. And then Bob Dylan says, "There's a lot of air in here." <laughs> so there's a lot of air in their take. And then after that, it's the turnaround take, take three for me mm-hmm. at 20 minutes in the YouTube video. Um, I like it. Bob is like mining – when he mimes the strum of the guitar. I don't know if you remember that. That's what I feel like the turnaround almost is where they have that weird break and then the guitar does that little fill in. Mm-hmm. And then Bob, just Bob miming it where he's like – like, That's what he's saying. Like everyone fall out except for the guitar. And then he does it though. It's like, oh, Bob. That's so adorable. Which is interesting. And um, that actually never really made it into any of the tapes. No, it never did. Which I'm glad it didn't because it sounded weird. Me too. Didn't sound good. No. And that was the moment where Bob said, I got about two takes and me left. <laughs> and then we continued for like four more. For well, No, no. That was like take three in my by my estimation. We went 14. <laughs> uh, so take four for me was the don't slow down take. Uh, he, he asked, is, is it, it too fast? fast? Yeah. No, no, no. <laughs> Let's not there. slow it down. Let's keep it there. Um, also, it's the... Uh, if we don't capture it on tape, there's nothing we can do. But it sounds great in here, take. I like that. <laughs> yeah. He's very encouraging to his musicians. Oh, I like – so the, one of the earlier ones I skipped over where it was like, I don't know if that was any good. Let's just cut that. Let's just let's just roll right over. It's like, we didn't do that. We kept it. <laughs> That's true. <laughs> That's amazing. Uh, and then take five for me was the want to play a slide guitar take. Uh, where they stop and get stew, uh, which is one of my favorite moments of the entire thing because that was a really fun version. That was just ba- bass and piano, mm-hmm. which is a wild combination. It's not like it hasn't been done before by Bob Dylan. Um, Ring the Bells is a fine example. Oh, yeah, we got yeah. bass, you know, just piano, and then you got a weird organ a in the background. Of, is there a little bit of drums in that? No, uh, in the live ones, yeah. Oh, okay. But no. Um, but yeah, so there's that. Uh, and then by the fifth take, um, we have Dylan saying... Maybe we should just change it all, totally. Change the melody, change everything about it. I mean, I'm putting a minor key. I mean, everything. I wrote, these fucking people are amazing. So that... Because they knew exactly how to do that. Yeah. And you know, you have to know music theory. You have to have played music for a long time to actually know to transpose the scales from one to the other to figure it out and make it sound right. Exactly. And there's a moment where he asks, does everyone have the lyrics? So it's like, Mm. we all know the song. And we kind of know where Bob's like trying to do with the song. So like now, not only do can we do the minor stuff, but we can also put some fills in here and sort of understand what we're doing. Exactly. Which is fascinating because Freewheeling, Wild Mercury, you know, Thin Wild Mercury Sound Bob Dylan didn't give that stuff. Like you said, Mike Mike Bloomfield and all of them went in without knowing anything. They didn't know what the song was. They didn't know how long it was. They didn't have the (laughs) lyrics in front of them. Bob Dylan was just being Bob Dylan going crazy. So at least in this case, it's like, here you go, guys. I printed out at Kinko some copies of uh, my lyrics. Please don't don't read them in front of me. I'll just get embarrassed. <laughs> so, anyways, that go- that was a goosebump take for me. Like when they when they just transition, like let's just change it, and then they just start going minor. 
oh my god they just did it like you were saying on the fly out of nowhere and they just hook it yep and they that's hook amazing. it and then bob just stops it and he's like no no that's not like that we're doing that let's see what happens though if we do the to keep the same form though the real whispers in my ear the to my name the heavens never seem so near all my body glows in flame tempest struggles in the air to myself alone I sing it could sink me then and there I can hear the Tell me straight and then that's our take after that so uh, highland says it's take seven for me it was take seven as well by my count so we are um that's our bootleg series volume eight take and then we keep going i mean they didn't think they hit it out of the park which again is total totally bob dylan uh take eight and take nine um are the i don't know ma'am that sounded good out here versions uh we went back to the jumpy sort of country five guitars with more rockabilly more rockabilly and they were not bad actually i kind of enjoyed them but they weren't they weren't what would happen and they weren't what came before nice in-betweeners uh, for what they were the river whispers in my ear i've hardly any to my name the heavens they never seem so near Take 10 and 11 for me were the overdub the vocal takes, a.k.a. the I'm getting tired take. I can't sing in this key. I can't sing. That's the next one. Take 12 is I can't sing in this key. Uh, (laughs) It's starting to get worse. He's coughing. I need more air. Uh, I feel feel sorry for Bob. And then, of course, take 13. We finally get our soundtrack version, which for me is the the culmination of what we started with. I wrote down, Um, I used up all the air there is in here. I'm needing like I'm needing like an air. He starts like I need like an air. <laughs> Use up all the air there, isn't here. Just give me an oxygen. Well, because somebody else was like, "Do you need to go get some air?" He's like, no, no, I used up all the air. <laughs> it's so fun. That's great. Oh, he's like, if I walk out of here, I'm not going back. Like, that's just <laughs> so we either got or we don't. Bye. The real, yeah. <laughs> so that brings us to the soundtrack version. So. um so the North Country version is vastly inferior, as we've already <laughs> talked about. Yeah. Not to be rude, um, it what it what it has going for it is complete and utter competency, mm. and you glean that from listening to that many takes of Tell Old Bill that the version that they chose for it, I think, was um, was a good version. It was a good version of all the other versions that they had tried um, beyond the the obvious elephant in the room, which is the best version of all. But it didn't do much else. It didn't have almost anything that it sort of carried the other songs. It didn't have the turnaround. It did have a weird little like piano moment. I don't know if you like remember that. It had like a little kind of one at, at the end of one. It's sort of broken up into thirds. The song is, and at the end of the first third, Bob has this weird little piano fill moment. It's mm. kind of fun. Never, never go back to it. 
So, and there's no harmonica, so that's also a downside uh, that now I just thought about that makes this even worse, even though it doesn't make the other one worse. It makes it better. Harmonica would ruin the other one. That was the only um, big, I mean, other than the song being like completely different. Yeah. As far as the instrumentality, there was very little fiddle in the minor version, in yeah. the alternate take. Uh, and there's, there's not a lot in the, the one that ended up in the North Country one, but there is but more. more. Yeah. yeah. It seems more appropriate. In that version, yeah, yeah, no, it wouldn't feel right in the other. So, and so, I guess that, and just like harmonica, sometimes you have to gotta pick your moments. Man. You gotta sacrifice your elements sometimes. Yeah, something that I feel like was also sacrificed that is a little tougher to get a hold of is Dylan's vocals. I think that the vocals, and we'll get into it in a moment, but the vocals for the version on North Country are kind of lazy. They don't. There's no passion in them. There's no. It doesn't sound like there's any heart, and it sounds like he's been at the end of a very long day, and it's like he kind of peaked with the version that's on Telltale, and then it slowly kind of goes downhill. Mm. Um, I just I can't connect to it. And so for somebody who really likes the vocals and likes the delivery, especially in this era of Bob Dylan where that's kind of the most important part because it's not always the most complex musically – when that is lackluster, then that song is going to be lackluster because sometimes the music doesn't carry you the way that like Mike Bloomfield could back in the day where it's rollicking all the time. If you're going to be doing kind of a slower pace sort of like adult contemporary type of rock, you need to have Bob Dylan at front and center giving me the words and the lyrics that I'm craving. And so if he's kind of like phoning it in, you can tell. Yeah. And you could tell now for the last – 30 fucking years so <laughs> yeah so you can tell when he's not when he doesn't give a shit about the song and that's not the case because we have proof that he cares about this song when he said he only had two takes in him and he did another 10 that proves that he liked this song now it could have also been that this was a soundtrack for a movie and the paycheck was contingent upon getting a song <laughs> but he also could have just released a cover of tell old bill he could, yeah. and they would have ate that shit up in a heartbeat and so I don't know what that says about Bob Dylan. It's really – it's almost impossible to read him. Like why did you write another song? Why even call it Tell Old Bill? Why even put Bill in the song? It could have been anything else. What are you doing? Sir, I have so many questions. <laughs> like – and I love that. I think that adds to the mystery and blah, 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 blah. So let's let's go ahead and leave behind the North Country version forever and let's talk about – the best version, the Telltale Signs version. So the music, we've talked about it a little bit. I feel like the drums are better. I feel like the piano is better, that ham-fisted piano. Mm-hmm. You know, you were saying that you're, you are into, you know, piano versus and singing. But the piano is not that difficult. I mean, I can't play piano. I can't play it at all. Well, that's, that's what the, the drums thing for me, too. To be able to play the piano well... You have to be able to disconnect your left and your right hand. Yeah. To play the drums well, you need to be able to disconnect your left right hand and left right feet. All body. All your whole body is a different. I mean, you're hitting stuff for the piano too if you're playing it right. Oh yeah. Well, well, I mean, if you're playing an actual piano and you're using your foot for the yes, Uh, but I can't do any of that. So for me, it's like I can't even really play the guitar and sing at the same time. So literally, them humming in a room, I'm already impressed. That's more than what I can. It's amazing. Yeah. No, it's amazing. Well, but that makes the other one version amazing too. Like, could you ever create something that sounds that good? Yeah, no, that's you why cannot. I think you were right. <laughs> absolutely competent. Yeah, it's competent. Yeah. It's it, they are great musicians, and you can tell. 
and they have enough really cool ideas that they can fill this song out in five or six different ways like we talked about. So that's impressive in and of itself. And to do it on a day, one day. Yeah. It's like you probably only practiced it one way. You know, probably the way Bob was sort of intoning. And then it's like, well, let's do minor. Ah, fuck it. Let's just do bass and guitar yeah. or bass and, uh, bass and piano. Let's just do this. Let's just do that. Like, you're ready to go. Bob is, you know. And they these are pretty much the band that recorded Love and Theft. So they're they're down. And, and I think that shows, you know, they're ready to go. So let's talk about the lyrics, Kelly. This is something I'm curious for you. Uh, I, I want to get into who Bill is. Okay. But I want to know, before we get into who Bill could possibly be, What's going on in this song? What is actually happening? Well, Bill is actually not the central figure. Well, I, I would hope not because he incident. is just he's just well, the guy. Really. He's important, actually. Bill's very important in my version, <laughs> but he's not the main character. Good. Uh, the main character is I. I assume you know it's us. We're yeah. Like... Well, it's the narrator, right? Whoever the narrator is. Uh, in my version, it is a proxy for Bob Dylan. I'm going to assume it's a male person. Okay. Uh, who. I don't know the time. I'm thinking late 1700s, maybe somewhere between the 16 and 1700s. Like not after the 1800s, but also not before <laughs> the 1600s. 1600s, right? Okay, wow. so somewhere that's between there. lots of years. I know. Okay. Uh, so the narrator's a, a gay man who in colonial England. Somewhere? I mean, it could even be here, actually. Colonial America, not in Oregon. There's no, no this people is, in Oregon. We're doing New England. We're doing witch trials. This is what okay. we're doing. Cool. This is the time we're in. So, yeah, 16. Late 600s. Yeah. Uh-huh. Uh, so, yeah, it's a, a gay man who is in love with Bill. And they've oh. been together for a while in secret, obviously, because they would be... Witches. If, so. Yeah. They'd be murdered, otherwise. Yeah. Um, and that's exactly what happens. So, so the first verse for me is, is uh, our narrator, our hero, our sad, tragic figure, mm-hmm. is about to be... He's on the gallows. Um, he's either tied to a stake to be burned. Like, that's the darker, more literal version, all my body glows with flame kind of thing. Oh, yeah. Um, so he's either tied to a stake or he's at the gallows. Either way, the executioner's about to throw the switch in the first verse. They're just kind of reflecting about the moment. And then further, like, um, like they see me sitting in there. I can hear the echoes ring. Like, that, for me, that line, I can hear the echoes ring is when we pull the pull the switch and, like, either the gallows fall or we're lighting the, yeah. lighting the pyre. Um and then we're looking. A smiley face. Yeah, like yeah. they're hanging. They're looking for somebody, some kind of anything. And the gathered crowd there to watch the execution. Um, and then the rest of that verse, uh, "Dry the shadow from my head, stranded in this nameless place, lying in the restless heavy bed," is yeah. is them like they're dying. These are the last moments, kind right. of thing. So then we go back in a second because that's supposedly right. That's like a thing. Is that that last second of consciousness lasts forever? Mm-hmm. Like you reflect on your whole life, and that's what they're doing. Um, you know these. Why must you torture me within? Why must you come down off your high hill? It's like, are you? Tr- is any among you really truly righteous that you can judge me and put me to death for being and a person who's in love? To the clouds. Yeah, yeah. Mm. Um, secret thoughts are hard to bear. Obviously, like being closeted and but being you'll scared. you'll understand. <laughs> yeah, Bill, you'll yeah. understand. It'll be okay. Remember me. Emotions we can never share. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. That that whole the that. But even you trampled by, you know, when you pass, that's almost like a. It's like a love emotion, like he knocked me over. You know. Well, so for that, for me, it's like him and Bill have been together for a while, like mm-hmm. in this secret, obviously, relationship. And for like he – I'm assuming that they caught on to their relationship, somebody, whomever is the like leaders of this community, uh, that they caught on that there's a couple of homos among us 
And uh, I think Bill sold out the narrator. See, you could also read that as Bill died. You trampled on me when you passed. passed oh, yeah, on, I guess that could be it. Too. And then left the coldest kiss on my brow. It's like, you know, theoretically, you're dead lips are kissing my head you know yeah you could read that that way too it doesn't probably won't make sense for the rest of the for for me it's that like they this is the night right before uh the but also all, ca- i'm sorry captured. all the doubts and fears are gone at last because bill is dead i have nothing more to tell you now mm-hmm. oh man well that was the other read i had on this was that it's a suicide like it's oh, a okay. yeah, it's yeah. a suicide note kind of thing like Ooh. bill died and now fuck it I don't kill myself. Everybody knows I'm gay. Everything happened. Like, my life is about to be terrible. I'm about to be executed. Bill's yeah. already dead. I might as well. Boom. But I'm taking this more as, like, Bill has told you out. This is the darker version, oh, unfortunately. No, Bill. So, like, they just had a great, like, night together. Everything was cool. And then I think that verse is, um, Bill just, like, just dropped the dime. Like, yeah. I sold cold you out. Kiss. They're coming. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. So that's what that was for me. Um, you know who else had a cold kiss? Judas. <laughs> that is a theme. Um, I think the next verse is about being closeted, like walk by tranquil lakes and stream. But I lay awake at night with troubled dreams. It's just like ruminating on how the your life has been a struggle. Is at the gate. Yeah. yeah, the enemy's at the gate because we're about to come. Because Bill just dropped a dime, man. It's nice, happening. Nice, nice. Um, the words are ringing off your tongue. It's like that Bill dropped that bomb, and you're still like processing the mm. fact that like my life is over. My life is over now. I'm going to be put to death for this, for being in a relationship, for loving another person. Um, and then the, I think that the next verse is uh, the long walk to the gallows with the rocks are bleak, the trees are bare, iron clouds go floating by, snowflakes. Yeah. Falling in my hair. Oh, yeah, so that's the way just, that he sings it, I'm just thinking yeah. about it. I'm like, oh. So for oh. me, that's the march to the gallows or the, the yeah. stake, whatever. It yeah, that's be. one of my favorite verses. The rocks are bleak, the trees are bare, iron clouds go floating by, snowflakes in my hair Beneath the gray and stony sky um, And then we're back. Uh, the sun is sinking low. We're, d- we're down to the execution. The, the woods are dark. Stage the is town set. is too. Yeah. Um, the, the next verse is the narrator coming to terms with like... Again, we're in this flash of a moment that's also lasting a lifetime mm-hmm. of I'm dying. So they're like, you know what? I've come to peace with it. This is the moment I'm having. Tell Bill when he comes home, anything is worth a try. Tell him I'm not alone and that the hour has come to do or die. For me, this is, look, fuck you for selling me out, but actually I loved you. And then the next verse sells at home for me, which is all the world I would defy. Make it plain as day. I look at you now and sigh. How could it be any other way? Like, you know, even though that's I'm dying, right. I would have done it again because right. I love you. I would have done it every uh, time. And that's like, yeah. <laughs> that's good. That's good shit. Yeah. So. Yeah. What you're describing is a short story called uh, An Occurrence at Owl Creek Bridge oh. by um, by Ambrose Pierce. Didn't know. Yeah. Uh, it is. Uh, it's uh, Ambrose Pierce was right after the Civil War. He's a major writer around Mark Twain's time. Um, he actually wrote The Devil's Dictionary. Uh, where he, Yeah. So he takes sort of the words that we, you know, it takes dictionary words, but makes the real definitions, quote unquote, of them. Like Urban Dictionary. Yeah, but but like <laughs> kind of really dark and really oh, wow. cool. Um, but no, this the, the short story is essentially that, is that we start with our character, spoiler alert, if you haven't read An Occurrence at Owl Creek Bridge, um, we see him on the gallows. He's mm-hmm. about to die. He's like a soldier in the Civil War. And when they go to flip the switch, he, it doesn't hang. 
And so he runs oh, off. So it's the whole story is him running off, escaping, getting away. And then at the very end, that was all just a flash instant. Mm-hmm. He was actually hung and he's dead. Gotcha. And in that split second, he saw this whole other world where he was escaping. But it's oh, so good. So good. Yeah, mine is darker because there's no happy ending for Bill and, the, then, and uh, the narrator in the other life. He's just remembering what had happened. Yeah, that's dark. That's dark. Everything's dark. Yeah, that's a great – that's really – I like that. I like that a lot. There's obviously a little bit of uh, like <laughs> – Well, it's, it's like – it's not even stretching. It's like, yeah, you can make it gay or not. But it, in a relationship level, that's really good. Even if the stakes aren't as high as being put on the stake. Yeah. You know? Yeah. I mean this is definitely a, a song of emotionality. Sadness. And passion <laughs> and sort of – yeah, finding – Reflection. This person – yeah. For me, it's all about memory. Yeah, it's re- I mean a lot of Bob Dylan songs are like that remembering how things were versus how they really are. And I think a lot of Bob is is summarized in there, not only with that idea of memory, but even at the end, that's a pretty defiant ending. I'm better off without you, but really I'm breaking inside. Yeah, see, I took that the completely opposite way. I took that as more optimistic, like, no matter what, this was worth it because I got to be with you. I got to do it the way that... We should have that the way that I wanted to. See, that's nice. So maybe this song is about Sarah after all. (laughs) (laughs) I mean, isn't every song? (laughs) Yeah, it's it's hard. It's I love this song a lot. I I I think that the imagery in this is some of his best. I think that he he he's still a great songwriter through and through. But in a lot of ways, I just really love it when he gets real natural when he starts describing stuff. Like I could listen to him describe rocks and trees all, all of it's really long. evocative it's I mean, great imagery the thunder blasted trees like that's such a great line now he did lift that let's be clear so that's from Edgar Allan Poe's uh, to one in paradise the light of life is o'er no more no more no more such language holds the solemn sea to the sands upon the shore small bloom the thunder blasted tree yeah, I also I, – I you know, there's a lot of contrast too, not only with the thunder-blasted tree, but you contrast that with the tranquil lakes and the streams and the, the dawns, you know, the new season awaits. You know, it's like you have this hope and then you get to the rocks that are bleak, the trees that are bare, the iron clouds floating by. It's one of those like iron um, – cold irons bound where you're sort of living in this world but it's like kind of a post-apocalyptic feel. Yeah, it, it feels like – um, who's that dude that did Sin City? Where it's like a black and white world and there's yeah, just yeah. flashes of red. Yeah. That's kind of what it, I imagine. There's a couple Shakespeare allusions too. And some people think that Bill is Bill Shakespeare. No so, shit. <laughs> yeah. The Tempest struggles in the air. The Tempest obviously is a Shakespeare play. And does, that ha- does that word have another definition? I was going to look it up and I didn't. I would imagine uh, it has to do with time. Oh, I don't know. I mean when I hear The Tempest I just think of a huge storm. The Tempest struggles in the air. Gotcha. And I alone myself will sing. Yeah, I think that the another reason why this version is so much better, the Telltale Size version, is that the way that he sings it is so much better. Like when he does the the line, it could sink me then and there, like just the way he sings, you know, it could sink me then and there, you know, just lets it, I'm stranded in this nameless place lying restless in a heavy bed, like, oh, emotions we could never share. It's just, that's that breath that's that air you just let that the whole room in your mouth it's it's incredible that he can do that so yeah i, I love your i love your your take i i guess the reason why i really like this song is that it's incredibly mysterious mm. you know the 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 ground is hard in times like these the stars are cold the night is young it's very simple lines but evocative tell old bill when he comes home 
down the river into summer 2018 <laughs> and we're doing that at sotwpod.com sotwpod on instagram twitter facebook tumblr all the spots every spot that you hang out we are hanging out as well yeah if you want to get a hold of us it's real easy it's real simple <laughs> and you want to talk about tell little bill you want to talk about shenandoah you want to talk about expeditions you want to talk about like oregon you want to talk about like trees do you want to talk about kisses and gay love yeah <laughs> that's probably opening it up to a, a different come on demo get at me yeah let's go uh then let's talk about it let's talk about it we are always available uh facebook's a great place to get at us but also also twitter those probably be the two best places to get at us if you're got questions or uh even want to like recommend stuff or wonder what we're doing or where we're at in time or whatever we're around uh we also have a patreon which is probably another great place for you to go. Patreon.com slash SOTWpod. There, you're not only going to get the moment that we're done editing the episodes and they're ready to go, they're available to you. Early you put them access. Right on. And it could be early by months, the way that I edit these fucking supplemental series. <laughs> so you could be getting these before I even remember that they're things to put on the regular feed. <laughs> so if you're interested in getting a lot of Bob Dylan centric supplementals and you're interested in all the mix up uh, confusions that we're starting to do. We've done the cranberry so far. We also did a two part Slater Kinney uh, mix up confusion. We have a Joni Mitchell one that we're planning for later on this summer. So if you're interested in that stuff and also have people you want to recommend that we do get in touch with us, you can do that at Patreon as well and see about uh, if you want to you know, give a dollar. That's kind of all we want. We want people to listen. And if you are listening, enjoying, tell your friends, tell your family. Tell your coworkers, tell everyone you know that this is the hottest podcast on podcast <laughs> world. All right, Kelly, we're almost done with the month of May. It's kind of crazy. What are you doing? Just what in period? I you know forget about this podcast for a second. <laughs> what is your problem? Oh my gosh! Explain yourself. <laughs> um, I finally watched Wild Wild Country. Um, the documentary series on Netflix. It was good. It's about the Rajneesh, uh, Rajneeshi people that were a, a cult, quote unquote, in Oregon. In the oh, yeah, 80s. I saw that. Yeah, yeah. Um, Not that, but I know of them. Yeah. yeah, I had never heard of them before, and neither had uh, Stacia, even though she's grown up here. And actually, fun fact went to the camp that that land turned into. It's a Young Lives Camp or Youth Camp or whatever. It's for, like, Christian abstinence weirdo stuff that she was forced to go to as a teenager. <laughs> That's awesome. Uh, so she actually went to the place wow. where they used to have the, the commune there. Um, yeah, I got to say, aside from the alleged poisoning situation that they committed, there's a lot of stuff going on. 
Um, I don't. I watched an OPB thing on this a long time ago when we first moved here because oh, I, th- yeah? I found it fascinating. Yeah. yeah, I don't think the Rajneeshis, if again, if it hadn't got to that point of escalation, they literally were just people that looked different than everyone in that really small town in Oregon yeah. that were trying to set up a, a like a commune. Everybody assumed they had bad intentions because they were brown and they were of a different religion. Well, Jonestown had just happened too. Yeah, and like it, the cold yeah. air was strong, but they the they, cold air is strong. <laughs> and then they were threatened, and people yeah. they would drive by with guns threatening them, and like so it, it escalated from there. If they would have been just left the fuck alone, I don't think it would have blown up. Yeah, um, like it did. And in the end, nobody got killed. Like no, this they weren't. That's what I say. Like they weren't like a brainwashy fucked up cult. They definitely believed different things that than the people of Antelope, Oregon did, but like. Nobody got murdered. Like, nobody. People supposedly. Yeah. Whatever. We can get into it. <laughs> We're not going to get into it. I think that. I don't know. Like, I did not. I think the Duplass brothers did a good job. Um, That's right. Which was. is wild that it's them. Yeah. I don't that. No, no, no. I definitely. Um, I, I didn't come down firmly like, this is a terrible cult. Thank God they eradicated them out of Oregon. Um yeah, I've come yeah, I think feelings the, about if it. that's your if that's your if that's your feeling, that might be a little extreme. As a great no, would I want to be a part of it? No, but do you understand something like that? Yeah, in yeah, you take it base, basis by basis, man. Yeah. They're not Jonestown just because. Yeah, they're people who are different and believe different things than you. Exactly. I mean, any I think any kind of organized religion, there's a tipping point. Like, yeah. you can be a good Christian person and not part of the Westboro Baptist Church. Correct. You know, you can. Be a follower of Buddhism and then not turn into a weird fucking sex cult where you destroy people's lives and there's all power dynamics. See, that was the thing. The main dude, the Rajneesh guy, yeah. he wasn't fucking everyone. He wasn't like... Very important. That's so important because Very all important. of these cults, these actual cults, yeah. it's always the main guy is fucking 13-year-old girls yes. and is married to everyone in the commune. Yes. Very That's, important. Was not the situation. It's good. They were just hippies that, yes, they were fucking each other all the time everywhere, but it was... From what I understand of it, it was like all consensual. They were just being weird hippies, being weird hippies in the in the wilderness of Oregon, and that didn't jive well with very, very conservative Christian people around. Then they're like, "Sex is bad," yeah. and the fact that you're doing that openly on a ranch in the middle of nowhere is not okay. <laughs> so I don't know. Yeah, I mean, there is a very small clip in the movie that's like a bad look where it's from another documentary that was actually made at the time where there is like sex punching going on. You'll have to see it. Do you know what I mean? Not a great look. And again, I'm not condoning everything that they fucking did. I'm just saying that I could definitely see where being in a small town in any middle America place and being of any kind of like me, just me being a gay person is an intrusion in their lives. And I could see where it would be unfair. Like you would all already have aspersions cast on you, like already have a shadow on you. Sure. Just for being yourself. Right. So I think there was that was a huge part of what that was. Yeah. And then also some poisoning and sex punching. So <laughs> just saying. So recommended. Recommended yeah, was, the yeah, documentary. Really well, not that, the religion. I think that if you're able to make a documentary where like no but there's not a clear take. Yeah. That's why like Sarah that's Canning the, the first series uh season of serial was fantastic because yeah, she yeah. didn't she didn't for sure say, like, I believe Adnan's innocent or I believe he's guilty. Well, she even went down the road where she's sort of questioning the, I don't know the what precepts of what you're supposed to think or not think, which was interesting. But, yeah, if you just do it straight-faced and tell the story, especially because the story's done at this point, right? right? So, yeah, there's not really – there's not a – there's no horse in the race, you know? You're sort of there just showing what happened. Yeah. And I think that makes for a better – yeah, more truthful, nuanced story, whereas in the moment – 
yeah, you're obviously going to have be passions are going to be way high, especially if people have yeah, moved in and you're like, what? What's happening? Yeah. Ah. So come at me. Whoever wants to be like, oh, the Rajnichis were the worst thing that ever happened. I doubt they're even real things. They're not Then they still real. are. Sannyasins are like still around. They like At the end of the documentary, they even showed like, people around the world they're that still are still around. followers. Not in Oregon, but uh, they yeah. definitely exist. Weird. I don't know anything about them itself. I am actually not here, Kelly. What? Who have I been talking to? I'm actually on my way back to Oregon. I just saw the Grand Canyon. For the second time? I'm currently time? I'm currently on the road right now as this episode is coming out. Nice. I have flown to Arizona to meet up with my family to drive back up to Portland. Over the course of two weeks, we're going to go to Yosemite, Grand Canyon, Death Valley, all that. So I recommend my playlist that I'll make public and I'll put on the website, um, my Arizona playlist and my Death Valley playlist uh, for the two legs of the trip that we're going to be playing while we drive across the country. Also, if you are a reader, I read two books in the lead up to going to Arizona. Uh, One of them is Beyond the 100th Meridian, John Wesley Powell and the opening of the – the Second Opening of the West by Wallace Stegner, and Annals of a Former World by John McPhee. Uh, the John McPhee book is about the geology and the makeup of the entire country and the way land has played a role in American society. Massive book, so it's five books put into one. So, Without a sex-punching cult. Without a sex-punching cult. <laughs> so what is better? I don't know. Uh, all right. <laughs> Kelly, we are going to leave right now. Goodbye. Whoa, abrupt. Abrupt, but not really. Next week, we are going to be listening to what I said before. Spirit on the Water from uh, 2006's Modern Times is our very first Modern Times. Um, I love Modern Times. I think it's one of my favorite Bob Dylan records. It was the very last album CD that I ever bought, period. And um, I can't wait to delve more into this record. Um, This was my first Bob Dylan release as a Bob Dylan fan. I first got into him around 2003, 2004. Uh, when I turned, you know, 16 or whatever. So this was my first Bob Dylan album coming out. And not only was it my first Bob Dylan album coming out, but this was also his first number one album, his first number one single with Sometime, um, Someday, Someday Baby. There is Bob Dylan fever in 2006 that you probably don't even remember. No. The world was into Bob Dylan like it hadn't been for decades. Uh, So it'll be fun to kind of talk about that and talk about modern times and talk about Spirit on the Water, which is kind of a contentious song that people don't really like. Sorry, Kelly, it's seven minutes or so, but it's Bob Dylan crooning, baby, and it's one of his first really crooner tracks, and I know you love the croon. I do. So we're going to get down on it. I think it's one of Bob Dylan's – it's one of my favorite vocal performances, and I got to say it's one of the rare new ones that has a harmonica. So we'll see you next week for Spirit on the Water. We're going to get back on that lazy river. Kelly.
same drugs, no 